Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Here, we dive into topics that reach far beyond the salon. I'm your host, Misty Jane. I'm a life and money coach for stylists who are obsessed with personal growth. I help you enhance your mindset around money, build a business that lights you up, and create a life of peace. Me and my guests are on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Wanna join me? then you're in the right place. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. So today I'm sharing with you another replay of another podcast that I was on. My friend Erin Ray has created the Honest Hairdresser Podcast, and she has some amazing guests on it already, including myself, and I wanted to share this conversation with you here and also wanted to encourage you to go and give her podcast a listen as well. Like I said, she has some amazing guests on there, and today her and I are chatting, of course, all about money. So we're going deep as always. I hope you enjoy. And just a reminder, do not forget, if you want the five ways to find money cheat sheet, go into the show notes or you can go on my Instagram. It's also in the link in bio and snag it. Because again, this is going to help you not only put money back in your pocket. And when I say money back in your pocket, I have gotten DMs of hundreds of dollars that people have put back in their pockets in a matter of weeks using this cheat sheet, okay? So yes, it can be a significant amount of money, but also it's going to show you leaks. It's going to show you leaks in your wallet, leaks in your spending, um, money going out that you didn't even know was going out, okay? So go and snag that. Again, it's in the show notes. It's also in the um, link in my bio on Instagram. And please enjoy this episode. Also, go give The Honest Hairdresser a follow on all the places, wherever you're listening to this podcast, Instagram, all of the things. Um, And show some love, okay? Show some love for the fellow podcasters. We are all about these awesome hairstylist podcasts. So go and give give her a like um, and enjoy. This is going to be double dipped. You're going to hear this on multiple platforms. (laughs) Very exciting. Um, but so my name is Aaron Ray and I am, inter- I am interviewing Misty Harmon and oh, you used my last name. Oh, I'm well, so thrown off. <laughs> I know I throw people's real deal on there, but otherwise yeah. known as Misty Jane. 
Mm-hmm. We had the pleasure of connecting at an event in Dallas over the summer. Um, so Misty, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. Hi. Um, I'm Misty Jane Harmon. <laughs> um, I have been in the hair industry. I've been, I've worked behind the chair, um, since it'll be 20 years next year. Um, and I am now a life and money coach, um, for hairstylists. And I'm also a podcast host. I host the Cash Confident Stylist podcast, also known um, in the past as the Backroom Beauty Talks. Um, We've had a little rebrand recently. Um, So that's pretty much who I am. I'm also a mom, a friend, um, you know, all those things, a community (laughs) member. (laughs) So yeah. Social media influencer. Am I? See, people say that to me all the time and I'm like, I don't like that word. You, my friends joke me about it all the time. And I'm like, stop it. (laughs) Well, people who aren't like their business doesn't involve social media will never understand it. And they think if you have, if you have a hundred followers, like that's more because it's, it's outside of your bubble. But I also think about you're an influencer. If you influence one person and maybe you like offer something thought provoking to one person, you've influenced them. Right. I love that. Doesn't mean, yeah, it doesn't need to be like this huge, gigantic thing. You can influence people just in your community. You can influence people just in your tiny little bubble. I mean, you've influenced a lot more people. I think you need to give yourself some credit. That's true. That's true. Story of my life, girl, story of my life. (laughs) I think all of us, all of us need to remind each other that we could do anything. And like, it's important to build each other up, you know? Yes, absolutely. We are our biggest competitor, you know, like with ourselves. We're the I am already best. loving this conversation oh, and I already good. feel super influenced and empowered. Well, good. <laughs> I'm like all of everybody's energy is just getting in there. It's a beautiful sunny day here in Connecticut. Yes, yes, we have a nice day here in Virginia too. Yeah. It's like actually fall, you know? Yeah. Right. How did you get into coaching? Like what got you there? Like what was yeah. the step? Um, well, let, I'm going to start a little bit about like my personal story because I feel like it's a part of it. So absolutely, I was and it's a good story. So everybody, too. yes, yes. Yeah. It's a good story. It's it's, I think it's that in itself can be a little empowering. So basically yeah. I was a commission stylist. Um, I was about 14 years in the industry. I was tired. I was burnt out. I wasn't super happy. (laughs) Yes. I wasn't super happy anymore. I was one of the top earners in the salon and I just felt like I was tapped out, right? Like Mm -hmm. I can't make any more money. I can't do anything. I don't want to own my own thing. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. You know? Mm -hmm. And I just had a baby and my husband and I, um, we grew up here in Virginia beach where I live. And we used to always drive around this neighborhood that we loved. And we would always say we picked the wrong careers. You know, we, we made the wrong choices. Now, granted, we were, you know, late twenties, early thirties at this point. Right. Um, We would always, we would tell all these stories of why we could never live in this neighborhood. You know, we didn't go to college, all of this stuff. And I, what I realized, I sat down one day and I was like, wait a second. Cause you know, I had this story in my head that I'm making the amount of money that I can make. I can't like ever make more. There's only one of me, all the things, you know? Um, and what I realized is I sat down one day and I, I took a look at our finances and I realized that we were the problem and that we were actually self-sabotaging ourselves and we were unable, um, to get all of these things we said we can never have 
for two reasons. One, we were making the wrong choices. And two, we really truly didn't believe we could have them. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I think I came to that realization, we sat down and I said, we're, we're going to get our financial shit together and we're going to change our situation. And we were $48,000 in debt at that point. And I, um, we paid off our debt in exactly two years, all of it besides our house. We did own the home that we were in before, prior to. Um, we paid off our car payments. We paid off our credit cards, all the things we still had the same jobs. We weren't making more money. We, well, I take that back over the two years, we started making a little bit more money. Mm -hmm. Um, but we started making choices that pushed us into a different direction and started finding confidence that we were able to carry ourselves through a life that we never thought we could have. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until we paid off the debt that four or five months later, we bought a house in that exact neighborhood. And every time I tell this story, I get the chills and want to cry because I still, we've been here now four years and I still can't believe we live here. Not only can't believe we live here, but we live here after a pandemic. I literally stopped doing hair for 10 months to be able to pursue a coaching career um, and could afford it. And we're still in this house, like all of the things. So Yeah. So basically I was, so how I got into coaching. So I was getting my hair done with um, the vivid brunette, Sarah Marie um, of Coco Lemon, who is now one of my greatest, dearest friends. Um, She's awesome. I, I, it was the first time I ever met her. I was a model for something for her and we were chatting and I told her my money story. And a couple months later, she called me and she said, will you come And I had kind of known that I wanted to educate. I just didn't know how. I didn't know how. I didn't know what I wanted to talk about. I I knew that I could help people. I just didn't know exactly the way that I could help them. And she asked me to come into a class at her salon. And I had never done a class in my life. I've never taught anything to anyone besides like conversations behind the chair, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just said, yes. And it sold out. It was 25 people. And I left that room that day feeling like that was it. And all I did was go tell my story, how I did it, Mm -hmm. you know, and we just talked about money. We had, we Mm -hmm. literally had a large conversation about money and I still, to this day, I mean, it's, what has it been four years since then? Three years. I still, to this day, get messages from girls that were in that class on how much it helped them. And I realized it's huge because huge. We have all this education, make more money, mm-hmm. make more money. This will help you make more yeah. money. This will help you make more money. But yeah, but get your speed up, we, use this product. Yes. Yeah. What happens when we get the money and yeah. we bring it home? You know what I mean? And, yeah. and there's no financial literacy education for no. not just hairstylists, humans. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. And the ones that are out there are the Dave Ramsey of the world that are making us feel like shit. Mm. They are bringing so much shame to our lives because of things we didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so that's essentially why I became a money coach. And then I slowly realized that it's more than money. And I decided to add life coaching in there too. Yeah. Um, and here I am. That's a here long story, but no, but your story <laughs> is super relatable, you know, like as yes. like you're driving through that neighborhood, feeling like you could never live there. I didn't feel that I I share that same feeling. I've had that feeling in my life. And it was because I had a single mom 
and I grew up in a condo and I always thought because I was in a condo, I wasn't good enough. And my, my mom, I had a single mom and I had to work to wear Abercrombie. Like I couldn't, that's the joke with my mom literally had a conversation this morning, but like, why did I have to have a job at 13? You know, like I did because I wanted certain things. And if I wanted it, I had to buy it myself. Um, mm-hmm. but I just always remember thinking I, we needed to sell our condo and buy a house in a certain, there's like two nice neighborhoods in our town. It had to be in one of those in order to feel like I was good enough. And then that translated into my life. And then ironically, I live in the exact same community that I grew up in and I pass my condo every single day. So I don't live in those neighborhoods. I actually prefer the area I'm in right to the size of a house up a hill with a cul-de-sac. Um, and I can afford that house. I just don't want to afford that house because I like my house, you know? Right. I love that. But it's like, it's so your peace. story, it's like, you're just like, wow. It's like all these things of always feeling like less than it's super relatable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, especially as hairstylists, like yeah. there's a stereotype, whether we like it totally. or not, that's still yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love- and my favorite thing that was ever said to me by a family member, and I know she doesn't listen to this part of me wants to send it to her in a soundbite, but she, when I was telling her that I was opening a salon, she goes, where'd you get the money to do that? Well, mm. I made it. I might be a little successful. I don't know. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I, I just do I highlights on the internet. You know, when we bought this house, we had a family member, um, say to my husband, uh, you know, are you sure you don't want to be house poor? And it's like, first of all, you have no idea what our financial situation mm-hmm. is just because mm-hmm. we don't have college jobs. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that we cannot make this work, you yeah. know, and four years in now we're just kind of like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> because we make solid money. It's just that maybe a lot of that's cash and right. we need to put that in the bank. Right. You know, right. Or grocery yeah. shop with it, which I think you, you know, you did your method was you cut your credit cards up and yes, I you, did. You only Walked went around. with what you had. Yeah. Which I used to be like that, but I didn't also have money in the bank. Like I just had the cash or Venmo or whatever, you know? Right. And now things are different, you know? Somebody said, I was just at uh, modern salons, indie boot camp in um, Mm -hmm. Texas. And somebody, somebody said, and I believe her handle is the, the six figure stylist. Mm -hmm. I believe that's her handle. I'm not, I don't remember, but um, she said, you're not a six figure stylist. If you have a hundred dollars in your bank account, you're a hundred dollars. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, you can't be boasting around carrying your Louis Vuitton or driving your, your Lexus, right. If you have a hundred bucks in your bank account. Right. Well, and I think too, I think, you know, I've really been, been thinking a lot about like the emotional aspect of money, Yeah. you know, and it's like a lot of times if you feel poor or feel broke, feel like you can't get the things you want when you're making 50 grand, if you're not focusing on the emotional side of it, you're going to feel the exact same way when you're making a hundred grand. Absolutely. And then you're going to feel the exact same way when you're mm-hmm. making 150 grand. Yeah. So that dives me into like, I think my favorite thing that you talked about, which I didn't realize, I actually started doing it post pandemic. Cause I was, you mm-hmm. know, stuck home, like all other people in our industry with nothing to do and just the internet and instant <laughs> access to things just showing up at your door. That was like the elation that we had right. at that time, right? Like, Oh, I don't even remember what I bought, but <laughs> you talk to us about how you educate people on the wait till tomorrow method, because I think that has that it will go right into that emotional spending and whatnot. Yes. 
Absolutely. So it's the maybe tomorrow challenge is what I like to call it. Yes. So a lot of times we are sitting around, right? We're bored. We're sad. There's some, there's something going on where there is this void that we are trying to fill. And a lot of times we are picking up our phone, we're ordering things, we're, we're walking around target, we're picking up stuff. We're looking for that void to be filled through stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, which in turn has us ignoring our feelings. Mm -hmm. It's not getting down to the root of the feelings. Mm -hmm. It's literally just like self-soothing through Mm -hmm. stuff and spending money, which a lot of times ends up making you feel worse for longer because when you do get those boxes on Amazon, you know, of Amazon on your porch and you go, what the hell did I even buy two days ago, you know, or bring your stuff home from target and see your credit card bill, you know, a week later and you go, what, where did all this money go? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that can put us in a worse position. So the maybe tomorrow challenge is every time you go to do this, right? Every time you go to pick up your phone and buy something that you don't need or, or walking around Target or, or going out to eat for no reason other than you're just tired and you just don't feel like cooking or whatever, mm-hmm. you ask yourself, do I need this right now? Can I wait till tomorrow? And you try and do this as long as you can. So say, for example, there's a pair of jeans you've been eyeing online, right? You you see them, you go, I'm going to buy these. You go, nope, I'm going to wait till tomorrow. Yeah. And then the next day, if you're still thinking about it, nope, I'm going to wait till tomorrow. And what happens is one, a lot of times, I would say 90% of the time, by the time you have maybe tomorrowed it long enough, you don't want it anymore. Mm -hmm. You realize either you I have it- I have applied that to everything since I've met you. I only applied it to Amazon prior to meeting you, but now I apply it to mm-hmm. everything. 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 How many times do you end up going back and getting it? Rare. I talk myself Very out. Rare. Maybe I yes. just get the jeans versus I was going to get two pairs of jeans, a shirt, a sweater, and some shoes. But exactly. I just get the jeans. So maybe I say I get the one thing I went there for versus the five things that were just, oh, well, this would be cute with that. You know, I mean, right. It's- some good internet marketing when they give you the also in this look, you know? Well, and that's the, exactly what it is, right? We yeah. are bombarded with things. Oh, yeah. We are being targeted specifically. You and yes. I are going to talk about this. I'm going to get 27 gene ads now yes. because, <laughs> uh, because of it, you know? And I think that that's what we forget is we're literally constantly being told that we need this to be better mm-hmm. or that we need this to look better. We need this to achieve more. Mm-hmm. You know, we're constantly being told we're not good enough. But if you buy this thing, you're going to be good enough. Mm. And that's also playing into our emotions and our spending triggers, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, if we just stop for a second and go, wait, do I even, is this getting me where I want to be by purchasing this? I'm just going to wait till tomorrow. Because a lot of times it isn't, you know, Mm -hmm. I always say every dollar you spend is a vote for what you want your future to look like. Mm -hmm. And I think thinking about it that way, a lot of times can, can stop you from spending on things. And and I am not an anti, I love, let me just be very clear. (laughs) I love to spend money. I love it. I am not like frugal. Like I like nice things. Yeah. Like, you know, I think that there's, I think the Dave Ramsey's of the world have like given us this misconception that, that we have to not spend you know, to create the life that we want. And don't get me wrong. There are times when sacrifice is necessary for mm-hmm. a specific goal. Totally. Um, but I'm really good when I'm goal oriented, when I'm like, all right, yes. I have to put the final deposit on our vacation house in Rhode yes. Island by X date. So then I map it out. I know exactly what I have to put away. I wish it was like that with everything, but 
I, I mean, as long as I have right. a goal, like it's good. It might, my goal might be, I want to pay my credit card off by the end of the month. Okay. So then I'm looking at it. How much do I need to put aside every single week? I'd like to break things down weekly. Yeah. Cause nope, I make I my money that. weekly. You know, yeah. I only pay myself from my business weekly right. now. And, but now I know I'm like, okay, so I'm going to give myself say a thousand bucks while I'm putting 500 towards this goal because I yeah. only need 500, you know? I absolutely love that. I'm all yeah. about breaking things down and smaller. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a numbers person. So it has yeah. to make sense to me on paper number wise. And then I'm like, and I can make it work just like right. we did a renovation to our house. I planned it for months. I knew exactly what I needed. I knew exactly where I needed to funnel money from and that's it. We got it done. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's, I think that's another aspect that people don't think about is we get very overwhelmed with the large number, like my oh, $48,000 in debt is terrifying sounding. Yeah. You know, but if you break it down and you go, my, my, one of my favorite, favorite facts is $27 and 40 cents a day is $10,000 a year. Yeah. And when you break it down like that, you're like, yeah. I easily can spend $27 yeah. a day. Yeah. Easy. I've, I've done one of those saving plans back when I did have a ton of cash and it was, um, putting $20 in an envelope every day. Mm-hmm. And I, I and I had whatever it was, I think it came to maybe, maybe $5,000 or something like that, but yeah. So there it is. And I, had- I saved my jar that I used yes. to, I found on Pinterest, which sadly yes. is how I used to save. Yeah. And I, I don't think this is the best way anymore. <laughs> well, it was, it was the saving of the cash. Right. Um, because I didn't realize how much of the cash I was just spending. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I claim pretty much, don't listen, federal government. I I claim pretty much all of the cash occasionally here or there. I'll just not claim it because I, I know that by claiming it, it benefits me to purchase the larger home one day, right. um, things like that. But I do just put it away in our safe. Yeah. Um, and lock it away because it's not in my wallet. If it's my wallet, I'm going to spend it. I honestly assume to look in my wallet and only see $20 because I take it off immediately. Mm, yeah. I love mm-hmm. that. I don't, I don't even ever have cash anymore. <laughs> it's rare. It's rare. Yeah. But then occasionally you have, I mean, with the holidays coming up, my clients will give me those little right. tips or like, they're like, Oh, well, do you, you don't want cash. Right. I was like, Oh no, no, I want cash. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take cash. <laughs> I'll take your cash. But yeah. so, okay. So getting into a little bit more off of that, I'm going to kind of jump around. Um, talk about how you explain to people like the difference between budgeting. And then I know your term of spending plan, mm-hmm. because I yeah. think that kind of goes a lot with that. Like you can spend, but it's, you know, it's building it into your your plan, right? Yes. Well, the misconception, right? But you, whoever's listening, they're hearing budget and they're like, I'm about to log off. I don't want to yeah. listen to <laughs> Yeah. Like yeah. budget is, 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 it sounds restrictive. It sounds like Absolutely. you're not allowed to spend. It sounds like I'm poor. I have a, but I have to be on a budget. And mm-hmm. the reality is, is a budget isn't actually like you are not on a budget. You mm-hmm. have a budget. A yes. budget is just a tool. That's mm-hmm. all it is. That's it. It's Mm -hmm. a tool. It's, it is a, I like to call it a spending plan because it is a plan for your money that you make before you receive your money. Mm -hmm. So rather than looking at your budget as um, a restriction, I like to look at it as giving yourself permission to spend. Mm -hmm. So if you can sit down and you can put in your budget, your Starbucks coffees, your um, random Amazon purchases, going out to eat and spending, you know, you want to spend $800 to $1,000 a month going out to eat. If that fits in your spending plan, awesome. Yeah. Put it in there. I always laugh and say like, I will on 420, I posted, don't forget to put your weed in your, in your spending plan, which is still by far the 
like most engagement I've ever gotten on it. Because <laughs> you reached you reached a different audience there. I did. Um, but I think that we think we have to only put our bills, the important things, our food on, totally. on our spending plan. When in actuality, Absolutely. if your money goes there, put it in there. Mm-hmm. So that what happens is when you look and you say, oh, I've got a thousand dollars that I can go out to eat with this month. Like you're giving yourself permission to spend it rather than looking at the end of the month and going, where did my money go? Now, it's so literally just a way you, to be aware. What do you do though? If you don't spend a thousand dollars, do you take that leftover and do you roll it over into the next month or do you take it and put it away? It depends. What are your goals? Right. Okay. So yeah, so put it towards people, your credit card, put it towards whatever. Right. right? Exactly. Um, I like that we have irregular incomes for that reason, because a lot of times, whatever we plan to spend, we're Mm -hmm. usually making a little bit more. So if your goal is to get out of credit card debt, yes, you can take that money and put it towards your credit card, the extra. If your plan is to save for something specific, an emergency Mm -hmm. fund, a vacation, Mm -hmm. home maintenance, whatever, you Mm -hmm. can put it there. If your goal is to just have money sitting in your account, Mm -hmm. leave it. Yeah. Let it roll over to the next month. Yeah. You know, so it it very I am not a one size fits all. Everyone's yeah. goals and values are going to be different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it it depends. Yeah. So going into my next question is I feel like goes, I don't know, I feel like it's gonna flow well here. Is <laughs> how do you help people get past the ego and like to have the humility to ask for help to you know, hire someone like yourself as a coach or reach out to maybe, you know, a, a, I don't know, a bookkeeper or an accountant to help them save for their goals or figure that out. How do you get people there? Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I think I can't. <laughs> okay. I, I think I can't, I, I think somebody has to decide they're ready. Okay. You know, so it's I like quitting, it's like quitting smoking cigarettes. Like you yes. have to do it for you. I can't DM you and say, Hey, you're posting a lot of things that just, I don't think your life is going the way that you want. You know what I mean? Like you should hire me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But if someone comes to you and starts asking you questions, like what, how do you make them feel confident that like they can, they can achieve what you've been able to achieve? Right. So, so that's, it's, it's harder. It is. I mean, it's, a lot of times people are scared to ask for the help because they truly, truly don't believe that they can have it, or they truly don't believe they deserve it. Or they really think that, that this idea of financial freedom is so far away for them. Mm -hmm. Um, so when someone comes to me the first couple, so I do one-on-one coaching where it's like a six month thing. And the first couple calls, there's a lot of emotion. I tell people all the time, like it's perfectly normal to cry (laughs) Um, because a lot of times they really just feel like they don't know, like they're so stuck. Right. Yeah. Um, And I think, again, it's once you kind of have to sit down and Mm self-reflect and realize one, you're a hundred percent deserving of financial freedom, a hundred percent. Like I really, truly believe hairstylists are deserving of it more than anyone in the world. I mean, I'm sure there's other people, but I just am biased. (laughs) Well, Um, our industry can be looked down upon. Like it lit the words literally have been said to me when I want it, when I express interest in being a makeup artist, when I was in middle school was, oh, you don't want to do that. They don't, nobody respects makeup artists and they don't make any money. So I, I tabled it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, I think, so I feel like, you know, it's, that's a hard one. It's a hard question, honestly, just because it's like anything else. Somebody has to be ready. Mm -hmm. Um, they have to be willing to change. 
-hmm. They have to be willing to make habit changes Mm -hmm. because nothing changes if nothing changes. Mm -hmm. And if you want to be somebody who is good with money, you have to start making moves that somebody who is good with money. Yeah. Your parachute's never going to open if you don't jump. Yes. And I, and I actually, I don't even want to say good with money because I'm trying to let go of the good and bad. I think it's neutral, but if you want to heal your relationship with money, you have to make changes. Yeah. I think it's hard. It's Mm -hmm. hard because everything's at our fingertips too, the way that online shopping is. And it shows up in 48 hours. Right. You know, and now there's payment plans on like a $20 thing, you know, you've got afterpays. It's too easy to get yourself. (laughs) Yes. It's exactly. Yeah. And it's too easy to get yourself in a hole. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah. So where do you suggest people start though? If they start getting to this place where they're like, this can't be it. There has to be something better. This can't be it. Yeah. I mean, I, we're about to go into a recession, right? Right. 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 Our industry will inevitably affect, be affected. Right. You know? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of on the other side because I've been through a recession and I have too, but thrived. (laughs) Yeah. I think people will definitely throw it in, but I feel like there could be the pressure to emotionally discount for people who, well, you the know, fear. you, you learn more about their, you know, I know a lot about my clients. I've been doing a right. lot of my clients a long time. Right. I know when they lose a job, when their husband loses a job and they still choose to spend their money with me. And right. that's when I go into my stock of like, of just excess, like sample products that I get sent. And that's where I'm like here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, right. I, instead well, of discounting ways- the haircut, I do it that way. Well, and there's ways to still serve your clients without mm-hmm. underserving your paycheck. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. so yeah, I, I, I think that a lot of fear is going around right now. Mm-hmm. A lot well, that's of fear. the messaging is that we're going to bet we're going to hit a recession, right? Save your money. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, I think, I don't know. This is that one. I could feel like we could do a whole podcast. Episode. I know. I know. I feel like we should do a podcast. On <laughs> what like, was the original question? <laughs> the original question is where do people start? Where do you suggest people oh, get yeah, yeah. started? Um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously you can start simple, right? Go to my podcast. We talk yeah. about money all the time. Mm-hmm. I normalize conversations around money. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, you know, if money is a factor, start mm-hmm. with the podcast, mm-hmm. go to the cash confidence stylist, listen to that. Mm-hmm. Um, hire a coach. I am, I am a coach. Mm-hmm. I am a hire the, can I say the F word? <laughs> yeah. We are explicit. Hire the fucking coach. Like yeah. I have had a coach since 2018 and I will always have one. If you are that stuck, if you have tried in the past and it is not working for you, you need mm-hmm. a coach. It's not just about the spreadsheets. It's not just mm-hmm. about budgeting. It's not just about saving. Mm-hmm. It's, it is an internal struggle that needs to be healed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So have somebody help you there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's and, where I would say start. Hairdressers and other beauty professionals, we're creatives and creative people are very emotional. Whether mm-hmm. you realize it or not, you're emotional and yeah. you're, you, you know, you're all in your feels about things. And we're very yeah. connected to certain things. And having an unhealthy relationship with money and feeling like you're not making enough is going to make you feel like you have to raise your prices, but then you're just going to spend that extra 20 bucks on something wrong, right? Like you have to, I, I, as a chair rental salon owner, I explain to my girls all the time. Well, why do you feel like you're explaining, you're raising your prices? I'm like, why right. you can't just raise your price. You have to know why, right? <laughs> because yeah. the tube of color went up a dollar. It didn't go right. up $20. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. you got it. You need to know and be really calm. You don't need to explain it to anybody else, but you need to really know why you're going up. You have you to know? know your why in everything. Yeah, totally. 
you know, why do you, why do you need the nice car? Why do you need the nice purse? Like, why do you feel like you need that? That's that. Yeah, exactly. And, Mm -hmm. and I think asking the questions, right. Like constantly asking, well, you know, well, I really want a successful business. Why? Yeah. Well, I would like to make more money. Why? Yeah. Um, because I want to provide for my family. Why? You know what I mean? Like yeah. and you really start diving deep and it's going to, yeah. there's going to be this core thing that you're looking for that mm-hmm. has nothing to do with money. Can money help you get there? hundred percent. Yeah. You know, but there's something underneath the money that's deeper than that. And that goes totally. a lot of times for how we deal with money mm-hmm. you know? or it's- how maybe we saw others deal with money. Exactly. And because how we, we were raised. The majority of us were raised by people who knew nothing about money. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you mom. Know, My mom's totally listening to this. Well, she will be. <laughs> well, and it's a generation generation yeah. thing. You know, they were raised by people that were raised in the depression. And you know what yes. I mean? Like it's it's yeah. like it is literally, we are trying to break generational money curses, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And, and I feel like then like a lot of we're in a yeah, we're in a whole new bubble. It's like of, of the the instant access thing that like I want to make sure like, you know, cause now we're getting sent all the flyers for the holidays. Right. And now Amazon sends you a literal Remember, like Toys R Us. They would oh, send yeah. that big, the, the holiday book. And I would yep. go through and I would get like one of those things because my mom wasn't in, I mean, my mom was trying not to rage selfish children, but she couldn't afford to buy us all those things. Right. So, but I wanted all of this stuff and only one thing would show up, but now that's happening all over again, because they know that these kids have to do this. They I've never gotten a book from Amazon. Right. Ever. That's now the thing. I personally mm-hmm. don't like to purchase my Christmas presents from there. I try to support local. I do the five present rule. And that's Ooh, because I, like that. I might be in it. Well, technically it's the four present rule, but I added the fifth. So it's mm-hmm. something you want, something you need, something you wear and something you read. And then mm-hmm. I do the, from the parents gift. So those are the things that are from Santa. And then there's the parent right. gift. So the parent gift might be something a little bit nicer. And I right. also make sure that if I was to get my kid an iPad, he's three and a half and then one and a half third, you know, I mean, that's not the yeah. gift, but if that was the thing that is from mom and dad, that isn't from Santa Claus because you don't want somebody to think, and there's a lot of this out there online of, um, not wanting to make it seem like, well, why did I get a physical book? And that person got an iPad. Like, why doesn't Santa think? that I'm right. good enough, you know? And like Santa's yep. a mythological creature that they are all supposed to feel like is making their stuff out of, you know, wood and trinkets, you know? Right. Right. Thank you elves. <laughs> yeah. Thank you elves. But I like to yeah. try to find stuff, um, at my, my small town personally. Yeah. I love that. I love, you know, that. Mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, cool. All right. So then my last and my favorite of all of my questions is what is your favorite unpopular opinion? And this can be beauty industry or otherwise. I feel like I have a lot of unpopular opinions. But I know. And feel free to share I, more I, than one because they're, they're thought provoking. They're great. I mean, I, I hate the, all right. First one, <laughs> I hate the idea that you can't have it all. Okay. Cause I think that that's bullshit. Yeah. I think I don't believe in work-life ba- balance, but I do believe in work-life flow. And okay. I think that you can be successful. I think you can have clients that you love. I think you can be passionate about what you do and still have time for yourself to sit in your PJs and watch Netflix mm-hmm. and still be there and be present with your family. Yeah. I think that it's a hundred percent possible. I think it takes a lot of inner growth to be able to do that, mm-hmm. but I hate that there's like, no, you kind of have to pick one or the other. Not a fan. Okay. Um, I also really hate the stereotype around hairstylists. I really yeah. do. Uh, when I moved in this neighborhood and people asks, 
ask what I do, they literally immediately kind of shun me and ask what my husband does. Mm -hmm. And I hate it. Mm -hmm. And the main reason that I want to help the industry put ourselves in these places, I want us to show up in the nicer neighborhoods. I want us to show up in the fancy restaurants, you know, and and I I don't mean fancy, like you need to be bougie, but like, I want you to show up in places that people are like, oh, you're a stylist mm-hmm. and you can afford this. Like I, yeah. when we start showing up in those places, the stereotype will change. It will be forced to be changed. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that answers the question. So as, um, so I have two things I want to add to that one because I, I obviously relate to it a ton, but um, the first thing is being like, think about the way society is when a man and a woman meet or but we're talking head over relationships. Cause I can't, explain to maybe what it is for, you know, different kinds of relationships. Right. But so when, when you tell, as a woman, you tell your, your friends or your family that you met someone, the first question people generally ask is what do they do? Always. Right. And then if a man says about, Oh, so, Oh, I met this girl. I think I like her. Da, 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 da. All right. What's she look like? Yep. Always. And there's so much weight put in those two things. And that's something that like, my husband and I, I might on paper make more money. You know what I mean? Like, I think just because I run my own business, it's different. Now he has his own business. He owns a bicycle shop. When I tell right. people bicycles, they're like, oh, how does that do? And you're like, well, actually it pays for all of our medical insurance. It pays right. for all of, it pays for all of Aaron Ray Hare's tax bills these days. Like, I don't have to, you're like, it's doing well. Like, yeah, it just bought us a new truck last year, you know? Like, right. So it's like, you never know, you know? Well, and, and I think that that's a part of it too, is like, is like the perception, right? Like yeah. people think perception is reality and, and mm-hmm. it's not, it's mm-hmm. just not, it's like yeah. what I think of your business has nothing, like it has nothing to do with anything. Like it's yeah. my perception. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we have to let go of a little bit of that. Like I say yeah. that as I'm saying, put ourselves in, in new spaces, but I think that we care a little too much also absolutely what we should be doing. And I've been really big lately on letting go of the shoulds. Yeah. You know, what do you want? I want to be a six figure stylist, right? We hear that all the time, Mm -hmm. all the time. Why? Why? I do do this with my clients all the time. And I'm like, tell me why. Mm -hmm. And they, they have to like do it later and like get back to me because they're not sure why, because they Mm -hmm. heard that they should. Okay. That's the ultimate well, because goal I, because we can now that's basically right. it's been achieved. So now you right. can exactly. So and then my next what you question, for. my next question is what is your dream number? I mm-hmm. want you to write down everything you want for your life. Like your dream. I want to travel, you know, every month I want mm-hmm. this kind of house. I want this kind of car, blah, blah, blah. Okay. How much do you need to make a year to create that? It's always less than a hundred thousand. Mm. Yeah. Almost always. Yeah. So it's like, know, let go of the shoulds Mm -hmm. and know your why and what you need for you. Yeah, absolutely. I was just, so I was just traveling and I'm headed back and I, um, you know, I look, I look put together. I've done a lot of these, like I call them micro trips. They're very Mm -hmm. like 36 hour whirlwinds. Like we just, we did it in Texas and I just did it again. I've just keep, they're fun. They're fun. They're exhausting. I need like a whole day to sleep the next day, but, um, I love it when people start talking to me and, um, you know, cause well, cause I'll talk to anybody. I can talk to a wall, yeah. hence oh, having a podcast. Um, but I sat next to this woman and 
I was all like, I had to like run to a different gate and I went to the wrong terminal. It's just like, ugh, I'm just, I could switch flights to um, avoid weather just so I can get right. home. Um, otherwise I would have been stuck in an airport. Like, ugh. so <laughs> I'm sitting next to this woman and I'm just like, whew, I'm, I'm winded. I had to like take off my cowboy hat that I bought myself. I was just was having a moment, you know? And then, yeah. so this woman just started talking to me and we're talking and like, there's, you know, there's tons of people because the flight's late and the crew's late, all these things. So there's a lot and we're all tightly packed. Every single person on this whole flight is in this little area. Right. And she starts asking me basically why I was in Texas. And I was like, oh, well, I'm a hairdresser. She goes, oh, were you here for like a wedding? I was like, no. I was like, um, I was here for, um, an award show and, um, like education boot camp. And she goes, oh, she goes, she was really, she was, she, she was very nice. And she, but then she started asking me about my career. And now this woman you could tell is a businesswoman. Mm -hmm. She is sitting in first class. She has a very nice bag. She has a very nice shoes on. She has, you know, a blowout, like she's a you know, clearly successful or wants people to think she is right. Right. Um, sitting in first class, I feel like successful. That would be a waste of money. <laughs> right. um, but she was genuinely inquisitive and like, she thought it was really cool that I was, I was more successful in this industry. She goes, I didn't know that that's really cool. And I was like, yeah, we have like so many more options. And, you know, mm-hmm. as stressful as COVID was, it kind of changed how I looked at the industry and what my options were for, right you know, income revenue, right? Like revenue streams. Right. Right. And, um, that I loved that. I loved sitting next to somebody shocked that that's actually hairdresser. Was, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I love that as well. I always thank people for asking more questions yeah. because I don't, it does not happen often. No, my big, the, okay. Well, this isn't an unpopular opinion. Okay. A lot of listeners are going to relate to this. My, I hate my biggest pet peeve is when I tell somebody I'm a hairstylist and they immediately start, Oh my gosh, where do you work? I'm going to book an appointment with you. Like, I hate it. Oh, like, make I, it stop. I don't even like <laughs> telling people I'm a hairstylist for that reason. Cause I'm like, one, I'm not like nicest way possible. I'm not desperate for for clients. <laughs> like, yeah. and I mean that again, this is a hairstylist podcast. So I feel like people will understand. Yeah. Um, but it, it's like this immediate, oh my God, you need me. Yes. Like, like, oh, well, I'd love, I'd love to, I'd love to come to you. I remember like my mother-in-law's friends would be like, oh, um, you know, I'd love to get my grandkids over to you. I'm like, oh, I don't do kids cuts. They're like, you don't right. do kids cuts. Like, I'd love to, you know, give them like, no, I don't do kids cuts. Like I just right. don't, they don't bring me joy. So I don't. Right. Do yeah. It's not fun. And it's not worth 15 bucks, you know, because exactly. that's what you yeah. expect to pay for that. You can go, I would gladly recommend someone that's something when people do that and they put you in this position and it's not their intention. Their intention is they think they're trying to help. And so make sure that is known. Like we're not making people feel bad, but it also makes me feel bad when I have to sit there and say, oh, I'm currently not accepting new clients right now that my defense mechanism now, because I feel I feel like I get these weird looks when I say that, like, oh, oh yeah. you don't want me. Or, yeah, you're but I don't good. want you. I can't, aff- I don't have time for you. Right. Um, but I just say, oh, you don't want to book with me. It's a nightmare. My schedule is a nightmare. <laughs> and I put it out like that. Like, oh, I'm restricted because my kids and I own the salon, yeah. but I have girls there who have way more flexible schedules and can get you in at your desired time. I was like, but right. if you try to book with me, it's going to be a nightmare. Well, I think it's funny the other day, one of my friends, um, we were talking, we were talking about hair with somebody that I, we kind of just met and they, um, they were like, 
what did they say? They said, would you do my hair or something? And my friend leaned over and goes, she has to choose you. Yes. <laughs> oh. And I was like, that's very true. <laughs> my, my clients like, and I've, I've written posts about this before of, um, I'm not required to do your hair. Like I don't have right. to, I get to do right. what I want. Just like you get to go to who you want to provide a service for you. Um, but it's like my clients know that just as much as they chose me, I chose them. Mm-hmm. And it's a very symbiotic relationship. I have steps that I ask for clients to go through because I've determined that there are certain personality types that I am better with that will follow those instructions or will respect my process versus the ones who don't. And those people are the people who are with me for the next five years, not for the next five months. And I'm not looking to get $500 out of somebody in one session. I'm looking for that person to spend $1,200 with me every year for the next five years. It's, you know, listen, it's business. It is money game, but I work with my clients clients and I have a style and I have a technique and I only want to do it on clients that genuinely want that. Yep. You know, Same. yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally understand. I we're, mean, I only work we're one lucky. day a week now, Ugh. you know? So yeah. it's like, it's, it's kind of funny. Cause it's like, I can charge premium work yep. one day a week. Yeah. And every, like yesterday I came home. Cause I work on Wednesdays yesterday. I come home. And I told my, he's like, who'd you have today? And I like named everyone. I was like, he knows all of them. Yes. You know, because they've been with me either forever, their mm-hmm. friends, their family. And I, yeah. I mean, even friends and f- I'm not a discounter, even with friends and family. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, I went it, away from that. It took me time, but I've. Oh yeah. Off of no, I don't. Do, and everyone knows it. And I always yeah. tell my friends, if you don't want to come to me anymore for financial yeah. reasons, for time reasons, cause I'm, you know, it's okay. Like I, yeah. there is no hard feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I realized like I can make this money and love my, I literally yes. just felt like I hung out with my friends all day. Yeah. If you I know, feel yeah. If I feel exhausted by someone, I have I pay attention go. to that feeling. And then, yeah. yeah. And it, it's, Same. you dread them coming or you dread, you, you are reeling off of like, Oh my God, she just sucked the life out of me. Like, was it today? Or is this just how this is? And like, and I've, I've become quite savage with the breakup to the point that my poor clients, I love them all so dearly. They fear that I'm going to break up with them. I was like, no, I was Same. like, all I ask <laughs> I is know. that don't be a dick and be respectful of me and what my business is. And that's right. really it. Like, I'm not asking a lot from you. I don't expect for you to like kiss my ass. I want you right. to genuinely love the service that I'm providing, but also respecting me and my time. As soon right. as I feel like you treat me like a service provider versus Aaron, mm-hmm. there's a shift. Yeah. And that yeah. comes when you, when you do raise prices, you get a little bit of that feeling and you kind of see who values you and who doesn't really value you. And that's okay. Some people value it's, different yeah, services at different things. And, right. but that's when you see shifts I've noticed, yeah. but I've yeah. gotten rid of that. Yeah. And my process to accept anybody new, it's like, I have a consultation for two reasons. One reason, because I want to see it in person. Mm-hmm. Yep. Same. And I, cause I require a consultation. I have my I do form too, and I charge for it. I, so I take a, a, a non-refundable deposit at that at yep. appointment. Yep. It goes towards your next, but it's non-refundable. So you cancel that afterwards. Like it's done. That's Ever mine. since I did that, I have had nothing but dream clients. Sit same, in my uh, same. Cause I say it's a vibe check. Yep. And they thank me for the consultation. Yes. Yeah. And usually, so I do it a little opposite yeah. when you book, it's a $50 consultation fee. You don't have to pay it yet, but you know, when you get there, you have to pay it. If I love them, I just tell them, don't worry about it. So it's yeah. really more of like a, like, if, if you see that on my website and you go, oh, hell no, mm-hmm. then don't, don't book, don't come sit in my chair. I and have, if you know show, I will charge. 
it. Yeah. Nobody yeah. Does that, I have so. a new client pricing of 450. Now it includes everything. It includes right. it's four hours of my time. It includes a haircut and it includes a glaze. It includes, I think I've got like three, three bowls of color essentially yeah. maybe and three and a half. I think I built in like an extra little buffer. Right. Um, it's rare. I have to go there, but it's because I'm essentially doing, I'm doing a ton of corrective work. You're going through and diagnosing. But the point of that is, is that it's this premium. Not everybody is going to find the value of that. Now you're never going to spend that much money again with me, unless you like add on a keratin treatment and uh, do a full and your single process and a haircut, like you do the most where like right. you're my only client that day. Or you want a complete change or something. Yeah. Yeah. Right, like right. a full thing. The way I do my services, that's the most you're ever going to pay. So that's right. kind of nice to know that always your next service after that's 300 bucks. And that's pretty right. much my average, you know, yeah. or like if you come in for a maintenance appointment, it's like 200 bucks, you know? Right. And so that you, you just attract a certain type of person for, cause I have a very small amount of time for new clients, which I'm sure you can relate to Right. that, but you, you attract who values that. And then it, the relationship is great. And I want to, I want to like roll this back real yeah. quick around. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm reading this book right now that I highly recommend. All right. Highly. What is it? What is it? Happy I got money. Happy it's called money. happy money. It's like the Japanese art of loving your money or something like that. And, okay. and in this book, they talk about every transaction being a hat, being happy, right. About mm-hmm. with money. So for example, if you have a client that makes you feel like shit and they pay you, how does that money feel? Mm. you don't even want it. Right. Like it's not even worth it. Yeah. You know, here's your refund. Never come back again. Right. But if you have clients that, oh my gosh, like you love them, they light you up, you light them up and they pay. And like, it just is a good day. Like you've made this money and it was so happy. And it's been really interesting reading this book. Cause I try to look at everything like that. How does this money going out or money coming in feel to me? Cause I Mm -hmm. want all the money in my wallet or in my bank account. I want it all to be happy money at this point. Totally. I, I absolutely echo that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I agree. I and I, that out there. no, I agree so, so, so much. And that's, but that's why I have the process I have, because I found that when I don't do as thorough of a job, essentially vetting somebody, it isn't happy money. Mm-hmm. I hated it. Yeah. And I don't even want it because I, I almost want to give them a refund. Even if they liked it, just don't ever come back. Right. You know, but like, yeah. I don't like to waste my time. Life is short. Life is short and precious. And I get very connected to people I am around. I'm very, I'm just like that. You know, I get yeah. attracted to energies and I want to really enjoy that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. And vice versa. You know, yeah, if it doesn't make me feel good, I'm not doing it. Like I'm a, right. I'm a classic want to be invited. Don't want to go person, but cause I just want to be able to gauge if it's like something that will benefit me. You yeah. Know? I love that. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But good. Well, I want to thank you for coming on my podcast. And of this, course, this thank will you be on yours. Me. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm so excited. This was absolutely a fantastic conversation. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening. Once again, thank you for listening to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners more than you know. If you like what you hear, please screenshot this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and the podcast at Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. You can even take it a step further and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Talk with you on the next one.